It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Hello, everybody. It is indeed uh, number 197 of the Go Birds podcast. I'm John Barcher, along with Elliot Shore Parks, and of course, James Seltzer, who we can hear on the midday show uh, just uh, consistently correcting uh, <laughs> its hosts uh, left and right because he's probably the smartest guy in the room that's probably still in the station during that uh, time. Uh, but we are glad that uh, we're all together. It's been a week. Um, uh, we all decided to kind of take a week off. Uh, obviously, there's a lot that has been going on. If you've listened to the Go Birds radio show, uh, we've been getting into that a lot. Uh, gentlemen, it's it's just good to hear you, first and foremost. Uh, James, how you feeling, buddy? Yeah, I think it's a great way to say it. It's good to hear you guys' voices. Uh, I'm getting through, obviously. We'll, we'll get to it. There's a, a lot that's happened since the last time we talked, but we're yeah. getting through. E, how's the hair? How's, uh, you know, <laughs> life? How are things? The hair, is, the hair is still getting longer, sadly. Man, Although, worried. I feel like I might just keep it long. I don't know. We can debate that later on in the pod. <laughs> I I did want the to important say, stuff. Yeah, the important stuff exactly. I did want to say I thought that Barchard, you've done a phenomenal job on the radio show. Like obviously we're all not able to come in certain points because of the COVID stuff, but like that you know tough subject. I just think you've done a really good job with Thanks, it. Man. So to yes. those that haven't listened or to those that maybe didn't didn't listen to the pod that you uploaded, you should really go back and listen to it. Yeah, and uh, and honestly, just like as a reminder for all this stuff, like I don't have the answers either. That's why we're supposed to be talking, and like this is not the time to dig in. It's the time to be crazy a little bit, and like Jalen Hurts, just say you're wrong and and find out, you know, <laughs> what what that other side is is trying to say, and maybe you can find some middle ground and some common sense. And then, you know, people like me will get talked down a little bit and be like, all right, maybe maybe they're not reinventing the offense and stuff, but you know, it's been a um. It's been a tough week for a lot of friends, James, and I don't, you know, like I, I know the the Malcolm stuff we haven't really talked about as a group with Drew Brees and the back and forth, the response to the NFL. Like I'm still very skeptical of Drew, of Roger Goodell, of all that stuff. I also don't really care where change is coming from as long as it's coming. And, um, you know, I'm really curious how the NFL does handle this moving forward, saying like we were wrong. And there's a, there's a, there's quite a big elephant in the room when you say you're wrong. So yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, yeah. The feelings about well, you, that or in general, could whatever. Maybe, maybe say, uh, I don't know, uh, Colin Kaepernick being on a team could be a nice yeah, way to I say, yeah, we were wrong. Maybe. Um, yeah, look, um, obviously it's been a, a uh, like the COVID thing leading into 
the the George Floyd murder, um, and yeah. the kind of just the combination of both. That it's obviously been a it's a a moment in in history, you know, that I think there's a real opportunity for for change and. Um, it's something where, look, we've had, and, and I think that was kind of a misconception, you know, like with the whole situation with the protests and, and how there was looting and stuff and whatever, like the idea is people have protested for such a long time about so many things. We had Ferguson, uh, you know, Eric Garner. I mean, there've been so many examples, uh, Ahmaud Arbery just happened. There's been so many different things yeah. where, um, you know, sometimes silent protests or peaceful protests hasn't achieved anything. So, um, for me, I, I think the, the biggest thing is that it's, you know, the, the, the conversation is being had and I think it's important to be a part of it. I think it's important as a white person who has white privilege. I mean, all three of us have, have privilege just because of the color of our skin. And I think, yeah. I think that's something that's been kind of, I, I've heard at least certain people kind of miss understand you know i've heard people say well i'm white but i came up tough and i didn't have anything in my life and all that and it's it's completely missing the point like that's not what white privilege is the, the point is is that we don't have to get in our car and drive around and see a cop behind us and and be afraid for our lives you know what i mean or yeah. or for whatever could happen we don't have to have these barriers placed in front of us in institutional barriers to stop us from being able to achieve. So I, I just I, like, I think that that's been something that's really been not talked about enough, you know, from, from our perspective. And, yeah. and all we can do is, is talk and um, protest and find a, a organization that is, is doing something that, that you believe in and, and donate to it. And there are ways that we could do. I think it's important though. This is a real moment in time where it feels like change could come. Like, Again, to to Eric Garner, to Ferguson, there were times where it felt like there was, um, you know, a, a moment, and and it it didn't get capitalized on in the way it needs to. Yeah. And that takes us. That takes everyone. That takes white people stepping up and saying things. And it's, you know, it's not enough to not be racist. It's you have to be anti-racist. You have to be out yeah. there and and fight against racism and. Again, it's systematic. It's oppression. All this stuff. I just, you know, and again, it's it's we can never understand. We can never yeah. understand what a black person goes through in any of these types of situations. So the best we can do is is try and have some empathy. Try and put ourselves in their shoes. Understand what they go through. And I just really hope that this moment in time that seems to have a galvanizing force behind it right now can hopefully lead to better and better change. It's going to take time, obviously, police reform. I mean, there's so many aspects of this, but at least I do think that there is a moment now and and none of us can just sit back and not do something about it. Yeah. 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 And, you know, we didn't record last week and I've really been thinking like since then when we record again, what am I going to say? And like, how am I going to say it? And one thing I really envy about both of you guys outside just this conversation is you're both really good talkers, right? And it's hard for me to really put into words how I feel about this. I mean, James, I echo everything you said. I completely agree with it. Uh, Barchard, uh, you know, listening to your radio shows, what you've said I think has been really good. 
I think the thing that maybe if I can add to it, in addition to co-signing what you said, is the thing I think I found myself thinking a lot too, is like, this is really a great opportunity for everybody to learn. And it's sad to think that it takes a murder in plain daylight to make that happen. But I, I think it was Ike Reese that said it on air, like, this is an opportunity for everybody to like, just, just to learn about what's going on and to do something about it. And I think that, like you said, James, the three of us are at the top of the privilege ladder, right? We're, we're, we're male, we're white. I mean, it's, and it's sad, but that's, that's the truth. And so I think like you said, we never will be able to fully relate to the systematic racism that's going on. But one thing I've been doing uh, is just, you know, listen, just listen and do what you can to help and make it important. And look, I'm only 33 years old. I'm not going to act like I'm 70. And, you know, I've seen a, a ton of a ton of history. But what I can say is this time just feels different. It really feels to your point, James, like it really feels like this could be change and that things could happen. And it's not gonna be easy. It's gonna take a long time. I think like after the initial murder happened and there were protests and it got violent, it was frustrating because it was like, stop talking about the protests. Like, let's keep on focus here. And now that it's been, I mean, almost two weeks, it's, it's crazy and it's awesome you hate that they're protesting, that they have to protest, but it's awesome that the protests are still going on. You see Black Lives Matter painted outside the White House. It's just been awesome to see this continually grow. And I just really, really hope stuff changes. I really do. I mean, I think one thing we can all agree is like, everyone that listens to this podcast, there's probably been takes some of us have had that you disagree with, especially me, right? But like, at the end of the day, this is just sports we're talking about. I think we should all be on the same page and trying to make this place, this world a better place. And I don't know if that came out right, but I just want everyone that's listening to know that I just, I'm on, you know, I, I want everything to get better. And I think we should all try to figure out what we can do to make that happen. Yeah, uh, I think that's, again, like still a lot of an internal thinking and thought process and it's important to do that right now, especially as James said, if you are, you know, one of those white folks that is, is, is sifting through what your role in this is. And uh, obviously, you guys know me. I'm, I'm not a I'm not really afraid to have this conversation. I don't think I ever I've, I've been ready to have this conversation for a long time. So I'm glad in a way that sports have stopped so we can just get some perspective on these things. There's good news that. You know, things are starting to open up. New Jersey is starting to officially open up for good. We just found that out today, at least on this coast. Um, PA, Philadelphia is probably not, you know, that far behind on it. There's a lot of, you know, PA that is open right now, and we're just waiting for the all clear. It's good news for, you know, summertime and all this stuff. I just, it is hard. Speaking of that white privilege, James, it's hard to keep this in your head at all times, too. It's hard to keep all this stuff in your head. Just no matter what color you are, because life is absurd right now and trying to spin all these plates and keep all these things together. I get it. But the the important thing is to not lose sight of this and to keep having these conversations, especially, you know, internally, like stop texting your black friends now. It's, you know, it's, they, they I'm sure they all appreciate the support and reaching out. But this is this is now time to take all these conversations that we've had over the last week and a half and start to put them in action. If someone disagrees with you on any of this stuff, find out why. 
you know, don't don't get mad. And if you guys end up arguing, it's okay. Like this is it's it's tough. You have to get, you know, some form of conflict out of this, but make sure it's healthy after and you understand all these things. It's not to change minds too. Don't go into like I'm going to change your mind. It's just like just tell me what you're thinking. Like what 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 is it? Because. As much as you know, people might be representing Black Lives Matter. There might be a lot of people that are misrepresenting All Lives Matter or whatever it is. You know, and I'm not telling you to agree with anything or either one, but uh, sure as shit, there is racism in this country. And James used a word uh, of systemic, and people try, keep trying to deny that for some particular reason. And that's a really poor job of us doing our history. And that's one of the things I've been thinking about for a very long time is I always threw school James and Elliot like history class. Ah, who needs that? You know, like it, it is it is so important because we keep making very much similar mistakes. And now they're getting faster and they're trying to erase our memories even quicker. Like it's just in this three year time frame now. It's like, see, nothing happened. Everything's all cool and, and dandy. But, you know, this still all reminds me of the riots in L.A. It does, and then like you know that made, that's made me upset about a, a lot of our progress. But um, in general, this is this is all a good thing. And the last thing I'm going to say is uh, I learned what, especially how how racist people are in in Bucks County and in their school system. So you know that's that's one thing that I would like to start and figure out how it gets in there. A lot of the time, you know that that changes minds. I've I expressed that over the air too, but that's something that you know. All of those conversations, How, think back to when you started hearing these things and then start going there. I'm certainly not blaming the school system. I'm not blaming anybody that's a, you know, it's not even one particular person that would bring it in. But we got to start realizing that it's it's coming in and we're uh, and we're starting to separate all of these issues. Um, and that's not a good thing. We need to be teaching all of every part of our history for sure. And uh, I, I think that's a good, good place to start with that and um let me just sorry really quick yeah before, go ahead uh, so the other thing is like malcolm jenkins is just so goddamn awesome like <laughs> I, I, yeah. I was thinking you know like i can't believe i got the privilege to get to know this guy and cover him for as long as i did as he was here you know like you look at what he's doing now and i think it really says something when you can be a pro pro bowl all pro two-time super bowl champion best player on the defense, all those things, great face for the franchise. And it still is probably not going to be the best thing Malcolm accomplishes in his career. When you look at, I mean, his life, I should say, when you look at the work Malcolm does, it's just so awesome to see it and to see it, like how much he really, really cares about it. I think one thing, you know, people say, have been saying over the last two weeks is, you know, don't, don't just post the black box on Instagram, like go out there do something, make donations, you know, d dedicate your time. Malcolm's been doing this for, I mean, you know, five, six years, like as, as long as I've known him. And I would imagine probably New Orleans, it was something he was passionate about as well. And I know sometimes we see them just as, as football players, quote unquote, but like Malcolm's just another 33 year old dude like me. I mean, Malcolm, like the fact that he does, he goes out there and he does all this stuff. I just think it's so awesome. Like, Eagles, it's just awesome that he was an Eagle. Like in 15 years, when I look back at like my time covering the Eagles during this stretch, like we could all sit back and be like, I can't believe we got to know Malcolm Jenkins because of the great things he does off the, you know, off the field. You see the in the video of him at the protests in Philly. He didn't even yeah. play for the Eagles anymore. Uh -uh. He's still in Philly in City Hall, holding the microphone, talking to people. 
I just I just have been blown away. And we can talk about other players as well to maybe get more of an Eagles angle to this. But I just I just think Malcolm deserves all the credit in the world. Well, also real quick with that too, the idea that I mean that takes serious guts yeah. to go oh, yeah. back to New Orleans and to call out Drew Brees, the the top dog in that city, to call him out for that immediately and call him out publicly in video form. You know, he didn't you know, he didn't hide behind a, a call or a text or whatever. He put it out there and he said, How is it possible that at this point you still don't understand why Colin Kaepernick was kneeling? Like, what what is going on here? How is this a message that has not gotten through? And I just I so I appreciated that type of Again, like we're talking about having conversations about doing things that make you feel uncomfortable. That is the type of thing that I guarantee you Malcolm thought long and hard about how uncomfortable that was going to be for him. And he chose to do it. And he chose to say, I have to stand up and I have to show Drew the way, show him why he is wrong here. And I just, I, I, it, it takes incredible fortitude to do something and, like and that. I thought it was, I, I, I really respect it. And, you know, for what it's worth, you know, talking about a guy that is, you know, probably the most popular saint in the history of the franchise, right? I mean, like you're literally coming at the quarterback. Imagine, and we can talk about Carson and, and his statement and I, how great that was and kind of a growth mo uh, moment for him. But imagine if Malcolm played here and he put out a video like that about Carson, right? Like, so I just think the fact that he did that at who he did made it that much more brave i guess is the right word for yeah. it and, and meaningful and yeah i i agree with what you said james i actually thought that was malcolm's influence there uh coming through carson for sure anybody else think that like you know there's they just lost their biggest voice and their biggest advocate for this particular issue and and carson said i i i learned a lot from malcolm don't, mm -hmm. I, I don't know that's that was my impression of it james i don't think i said that on any of the radio shows but um, that was I. The more uh, we get away from that statement, that's kind of what I feel with Malcolm coming back and all this stuff back and forth. Because he knew, he knew. I, I think Carson knew right away. There's no, there is no way I'm ending up like Drew Brees here. Well, I mean, his statement was out before the Drew Brees. Well, no, that's happened, what I mean. Right? He had the fortitude just to be like, I'm gonna put, I'm going to be a leader just like Malcolm was, and like I, 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 I know no, it's going I, on. I think I, I, that was the thing about Wentz's statement that I, I really appreciated yeah. is it, it. It felt genuine. It felt real. And oh, it totally, felt like yeah. it didn't feel like just something he was doing because he felt he should do it. He was yeah. one of the earliest ones out with a statement in terms of like, you know, big time athletes and that. Like it felt like it was on the early end of that type of stuff. Um, I just think that he really felt, you know, the way he felt. And oh, I, yeah, look, just I, James, just to clarify, I wasn't suggesting that Carson was was disingenuous. I just no, mean I know, like, yeah, my sorry. point is, I don't yeah. think being a leader ever entered his mind in terms of putting his statement out there. Do you know what I mean? Well, like, I don't think it was, I need to fill a voice in the locker room. I think he was just putting out something that he thought was right. And I, I'm kind of in the middle on, on that. I mean, I, I think it was genuine for sure. That's something that definitely came out the first time I read it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he wrote it and, you know, went back and you know, made sure he had the words how he wanted it. But it did kind of read like a stream of conscience a little, just being like, you know, like, look, this is, this is, you know, like I'm, I'm never going to completely uh, not understand, but I can't relate to what's going on as a, as a white male. I mean, so I do think there was, uh, it was real and genuine. But to Bartridge's point, I do think, a little bit, like if Malcolm was still here, I'm not saying Wentz wouldn't have done it, but I do think Wentz said like, you know, I I think it was important for Wentz to step up and talk about it 
at for like for the locker room. I mean, Wentz is the face of the franchise. He was, uh, he was, uh, and he has been for years. But Malcolm yeah. was kind of the voice in a lot of ways. So. I think there was a little bit of both, and I don't think that's bad. Like I, I think what he said was honest and how he felt, but I do think there was probably part of him that said, look, I'm going to step up and say this, even if it's going outside my comfort zone a little. Uh, not that it's always easy for Malcolm to talk about it, but Malcolm's used to talking about these things. It, it yeah. really always amazed me how he could sit at his locker, and I would be there for all like 40 minutes, answer every single question, phrase each word perfectly, right? Like that's, it's not easy to do. I mean, people listening to the pod right now, like probably can tell, right? It's just not, it's not always easy to talk about these things and get every word perfectly. Malcolm was used to that. So for Wentz to come out and do it, I thought was extremely brave. It really was. I think it just, it just was. And from someone that has known Carson since he's been here, he's kind of a reserved guy. Like when we, we talk about his leadership qualities and all those from a football perspective, like I think part of it is he's just a bit of a reserved guy. So as you see him just get older as a human and mature as a person, I like if this happened his rookie year, I don't think Carson would have said anything. Not that he wouldn't have felt that way, but maybe he just wouldn't feel comfortable coming out and talking about it. Yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, it was just very uh, awesome to see him do that. And I hope that there's more. Honestly, yeah, I too. like hearing Carson use his platform. You know, he has that great AO1 charity. I would, you know, he does a lot of good. I'd love to see him do a lot for this cause right now and to help out. Yeah, uh, James, you know, it's really funny. It's like Elliot's sitting here praising Malcolm Jenkins, like left and right. And um, doesn't even have him on the honorary just missed the top 10 Eagles of all time. I know, time. I know. Doesn't I even mention his name, that. James. Not wow. once. It is sad. You're right. You're yeah, right. that's kind of mean. All that hype yeah. up and nothing. Just not even a mention. I messed up, man. In, in this. And I well, want to, yeah. All right, we, if we talk, you know, we can talk about it. About oh, no. The top 10 list. I, yeah. I, I definitely want to. It's just a, just a little tease because there are, I, I do have some problems with Elliot's. As, as you know, 94 WIP, of course, is doing the GOAT of Broad Street, the greatest of all time in the last 50 years. You know, who is the best athlete of all time? And uh, there's a lot of Mike Schmidt going around. Let me just say, that's disgusting. That's uh, well, the right answer. <laughs> yeah. Let, let me question. tell you this. Yeah. The most boring answer you can possibly give to this question is Mike Schmidt. Ugh. That's my official take. Yeah, like, same. Because it is, the right answer. No, it, it is not, not Mike Schmidt. It is stone cold the right answer. You're out of your mind. Like, it is so easily the right <laughs> I answer. I don't even have Mike Schmidt in my top five. Oh my He's not even in my top five. All right, five. you can't do that. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, like, you can't do that. that, that your list is invalidated. Yeah, you yeah, that, that's where I draw it's the my, line. It's my goat list. Just, <laughs> oh, it's a stupid list. Well, James, I think there's there's something even dumber on this particular list, which we'll get to in one second. But first, uh, it's time to review some seltzers. We normally do that in the beginning of the show, obviously. But uh, this time I'm switching it up. I really believe... This is the closest. I will review a vintage for you uh, eventually. I think that's uh, we have to do that. But uh, how do you feel about the, the Polar brand? Huh. I don't know if I know the Polar brand. Ooh, Hold on. Interesting. Let me look it up okay. I know it. Uh, it's it's very you bring that up because, like, so I whenever oh, I go, I do know it. I do know. It. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say whenever I go to the grocery store and I pick up seltzers for my girlfriend and she's. Like, always like first of all it's the most annoying thing in the world because i'd be like what flavor do you want she's like i don't care but like i know she does and i know if i bring one back i would have gone and made this trip she won't even like it and i'm like what about polar like Lacroix?" so i'm well aware of what polar is and she likes polar okay, so that's good. just my my girlfriend's review of it uh bubble content for this one is it acceptable for you mr seltzer uh, I mean, none of them are except really vintage. So. <laughs> oh my God, I can't believe I just like slightly, slightly under what I would like, but better than 
and you know others. Ellie, like do, you, bubbly, do you feel like ironically you, you would uh, you would imagine uh, James being like the worst French chef uh, in the world? Like it's just French. Like As that a chef, that cartoon uh, French chef that just won't accept anything but like that one ingredient that he always uses. There is no substitutes. It always has yeah, to be a certain type of bubble. The seltzer thing, like Man. they all taste the same basically. I'm gonna like, not, and it's an asinine statement. <laughs> <laughs> Silliest thing in the world. The goal you is made to find two horrendous statements in the last so, three minutes. I used to work at. Uh, I don't know if I've told the story on the pod, but I used to work at Waterworks Restaurant in Philadelphia. Do you guys remember that? It's like oh yeah, it's yeah. on the water by Kelly. My Jordan. buddy used to live in the. Oh no, okay. So I was thinking about the one on uh, at Third and Third uh, and Race. There's a, a Waterworks building there. No, so right. Yeah. It's, uh, okay. No, it's a, it's a restaurant like right off Kelly Drive. It's by the art museum. Um, and oh, so they, oh, okay. yeah, I know that spot. They had yeah. like a hundred different types of bottle water and all these different <laughs> types of sparkling water. And I think it, I always thought it was so funny. Like people would come in and request a certain type. And I'm like, Jeez. they're all the same. It's all just water. <laughs> like all the bubbly water tastes the same. All the regular water tastes the same. Like, yeah, that's how I feel about seltzers. Very uh, well. I, um, I, I slightly disagree with you there, but all right, here we go. Uh, Elliot, tell me about this flavor, uh, mango limeade, because this is their new line that they just came out. What, what do you feel about mango limeade together? Sounds way too sweet, to way be honest. Sweet? This no. has like upset stomach written all. Uh, over. The lime could have a little, a little bite to it. Ooh, James, man, I don't know, man. You need to recheck this bubble content because this, this poll is high. It is, it is fucking absurdly high. Okay, I, yeah. all right. Well, then I'll try it again. It's been, it's been forever dude it keeps it bubbles on my tongue that's how many that's how many what? bubbles are in this better thing. it should gotta say that the flavor they nail it too it is not sweet it is refreshing there's no there's no sweetness at all it is awesome and then uh so you're uh, in man so I'm, I'm, i am i am way in polar yeah po <laughs> polar mango limeade what is up uh there's like a i think they make like pink uh pink lemonade the same way and all this stuff so i don't know they're getting creative i'm enjoying it james i went back to uh the social club because I felt bad for ripping them, so I figured I'd just try a different flavor. You ever have a sidecar in your life? Of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, uh, Elliot Shore Parks, you ever had a sidecar in your life? Probably not. I don't even know what that is. A, is that a text? Yeah, it's a, a cognac, uh, lemon juice, and then you can, you know, you can use Quantro, you can use Triple Sec, no. you, can, you know, all that stuff. Uh, I I think that it's it's delicious. Uh, I think it's a, still a great cocktail that everybody thinks is too boring, but you know, I'm a I'm a big fan. It's uh. It's, it's the it's a cognac version of a of an old fashioned essentially you know so uh, I'm let, trying to pay off old fashions as I've said but <laughs> I do think that sounds good. All right, let's uh, let's hope. I uh, a social club. This is it. So I hope uh, James, would you buy uh, a a sidecar uh, hard uh, uh, seltzer? I mean, I'd try it. I don't know if I'd buy it. I'd try it if you had one, Ooh. and then if I liked it, I'd buy it. All right, this is a lot better. This is a lot better. In fact, this is good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give this a satisfactory, very good sidecar. All right. Uh, wow. Okay. It's it's getting better as we go along here. So we better get into this top ten list, and then uh, and then I'll tell you the official score at the end. But uh, James Seltzer, what would you give the polar real quick? Uh, I gotta try it and come back with an official verdict, but okay. uh, you know, probably a, a seven point three. Seven point three if it's a high bubble content. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, that's that. That sounds like it's uh, it's right on here. So, uh, Elliot Shore Parks, do you want to explain yourself on any of these picks before we go through ten to one here? Oh, this is my top ten. Yeah, yeah. so I, I feel very very confident in it. I'm I'm so upset about the Schmidt thing. I just I <laughs> it's like, look, I know Schmidt was great. I just 
I just yeah, the care. best to ever play his position this year. The sport won a title, three MVPs. I mean, yeah. I don't know, ten Gold Gloves, most home runs with only playing with one team in the history of baseball. <laughs> I mean, I don't like. He's the best ever at his position. Yeah. His what are we? What are, what are we? Jack Fritz? No one's disputing he's not. Yeah. No, no one's disputing he's not really good. He's just not the Philadelphia. I like you can be the sixth best player in Philly history. No, not when you're Mike. Like, <laughs> no, no one's saying he's not good. I'm just saying he's not my goat. To me, you're just wrong. Well, you have Allen Iverson out of him, which is absurd. Allen I mean, Iverson is ten thousand times the player. Not ten thousand, but Schmidt is definitely a way better player than Iverson. Was. He is the Philadelphia goat, in my opinion. <laughs> Allen Iverson. Not he's surprised by that number one at all. I think I have Iverson at like. 10 or 8 on my list. That's insane. That's insane. It's not. He's not even the best sixer. Dr. J's ahead of him. What are we talking about here? Nah, he's just not. To what me, are you talking about? So here, here's what I, I kind of came down to why I decided to go to Iverson. Like, there's a lot of really good, like, there's a lot of great different players. There's great defensive ends, great third baseman, great goalies, all those stuff. There's only one Allen Iverson. There just is only one Iverson. They're like who he was, what he did, like, I'm just so happy Iverson was a sixer. Like, I could have appreciated Reggie White as being a fan of their team and all that stuff. But just, like, having Iverson be a sixer and just, like, what that means. And he's so, like, cool and he was fun and he was a Hall of Famer and he was exciting. It's just, like, there's only one of them. And that's why he's the GOAT. It's an absurd argument. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) it's a ridiculous. Schmidt Schmidt was better and he won a title here. Boom. Done. Good dog. That's fine. Uh, I just know if I have, the I, I have Iverson at 10, he is number three for the Sixers. I mean, I have Dr. J out of him and I have Barkley out of him, but I'm really close with Iverson and Barkley. Like that one's oh really God. close. Come you could on. maybe you could maybe convince me to put Iverson out of Barkley. Um, but he's definitely behind Schmidt. He's behind Clark. He's behind Joe Frazier. He's behind Reggie White. He's behind Steve Carlton. He's behind Bernie Front. He's behind Dr. J, no matter what. And and. Sixer, like, let's keep it real. Like, the general public, I feel like, is he even known as a Sixer? And you're going to put him ahead of Iverson on your GOAT list? Like, Iverson is Is he known as a Sixer? Barkley? Yeah. Barkley was here just as long as Iverson is. Of course he was. I just showed Barkley not a Sixer. I'm just just saying, like. You don't know Barkley's career and his history. Come on. Read a book. Read a blog. Read read basketball reference. If you ask the general public, like, who, how do you think of Barkley? I think more people would think of his time with with the Suns. Oh, that's not true. I, I, yeah, that's definitely not true. Yeah, that unless you're like a, t- a late '90s kid, sure. Yeah, then then the yeah, is that you? Are you're not a late '90s kid? Uh, no, I was '87. Yeah, I mean, but then, like, I don't know. I just I just think Barkley ahead. Here here's my five right here, and then we can get into general okay. Eagles. All right, all right. Number one, Allen Iverson. Number two, Reggie White. Number three, Donovan McNabb. Number four, <laughs> uh, are you serious? Oh, McNabb's not yet. Foles is out of McNabb. Jesus number Christ. four, Brian Dawkins. Oh my God. Number five, Jimmy Rollins. <laughs> so you just, this is an absurd oh, list. You see, Jimmy Jimmy Rollins out of Mike Schmidt, no joke, might be the dumbest <laughs> yeah. thing you've ever That's said on horrible. this show. Horrible. That's like, really bad. It's embarrassing. I mean, it's embarrassing. Like, Schmidt is the go to the franchise. Like, what a t- this is you with your whole ignorance thing of anything yeah. that happened before you. It's like, I saw these guys no, play. I know how good Schmidt was, but like, I just feel clearly like, don't. It's asinine. Yes, I, I know. Jimmy Rollins is asinine. Like, that devalues your list. In all honesty, it devalues your list putting Jimmy yeah. Rollins out of Mike Schmidt. 
putting Jimmy Rollins out of Steve Carlton devalues your list. It makes your list dumber. Like, yeah. that is just yeah. a fact. I disagree. I just think, like, a ranking of GOAT is also somewhat personal. Like, it's like there's a lot of different dynamics to it. And, like, Jimmy Rollins, to me, like, I don't know. I grew up on Jimmy Rollins. Exactly. So yeah. exactly. That's right, what, well, what do you saying. want me to say? It's my goat list. Like I understand what you're we're saying about. Put a step back. We're talking about the last fifty years. Oh, I have Reggie White on there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> for you, you want a, you want a cookie? Yeah, I do actually. I did. Look. Well, James, Man. James, well, real quick because like Reggie's my number one of all of them. Uh, if we're gonna Reggie's get it all, my time. number four. So I've been it, flipping him and Joe Frazier three and four. I've been going back and forth. Damn it! I, I have Schmidt one, Frazier. Bobby Clark two, Frazier White. In three, four range and Carlton. Uh, Frazier's Frazier. Then I have Ferrant, Dr. J, Foles, Barkley, Iverson, Dawkins, Utley, Moses. But I'm probably going to mess around with it a little bit. The end part. Those are up through Dr. J I feel really good about. And then I need to figure it out. I don't know how I feel about boxers being on it for what it's worth. Like, I do think I get the point. Like, they are. I'm not saying they're not athletes or anything like that, but it feels like this is more of a team sport debate. But I agree if you're going to include boxers. Yeah, Joe's got to be up there. To be Joe's got Joe, Joe's got to be above Dr. J. Joe, Joe's got to be above yeah. oh, everybody. Like I'm just above any like, sixer. Yeah, everybody. Joe's I mean, above DeCamper, everybody. Cameron was just saying to me that he thinks he might end up putting Joe Frazier number one overall. Yeah, I, like, I have to now. And now I, I didn't even think about that. That's why I'm like, I'm, he might be. That yeah, you could make a really good argument. I mean, I'm going He to. was yeah. heavyweight champ of the world when that mattered. He beat Ali. He won an Olympic gold medal. I mean, he like he was a, one of the great boxers of all time. Like. You could absolutely argue Joe Frazier should be number one. He's honestly the only argument I can accept yeah. over Schmidt for number one. It's a really good Joe Frazier argument. That's it. But here's where I'll say Reggie White over Schmidt is because it's not it's not Reggie's fault that Leonard Toes is an, is an idiot. It's not it's not I mean, Buddy but it's Reg not his fault that Buddy Ryan's hates the offense. But he just wasn't as long. I agree with you. Look, I have Reggie either third or fourth on my list, depending on how I, you know, decide to move back. Reggie is a top fiver for me, no question. But he didn't win his title here. He wasn't here as long as Schmidt. Well, like, it's it not just, his fault, Like, though. when I get... But it, what does it matter? He's still not to go to Broad Street. Like, we're talking about what they mm. did here. Schmidt played his entire career here. Again, his 548 home runs are the most ever by a player who only played for one team. In the history of the game, he's got 10 gold was gloves. Free, was there free he agency? Back then, was one of like five players to ever do that in history of baseball. Like he, Mike Schmidt is a is a a, a gargantuan. Like he's on he's on the all time baseball team. Like in the history of his sport, he's one of the guys. Like he's the third base on the all time baseball team. The history since eighteen eighty three or whatever it is, and all of baseball. Mike Schmidt's <laughs> the best guy to ever play that position. Like. He's a lock, and it's not even a question. Like it's probably the only position if you go around the diamond or one of them where it's not even a question. It's just Mike Schmidt. There's no argument to the contrary. Man, uh, yeah, it's, it's Allen Iverson, but that's okay. <laughs> I look forward. I look forward to uh, the results. Something tells me pure ignorance on your. Well, head. well, now well, it, it is. It's focusing on yeah. what you know and what your lifetime, and not caring about what happened before well, you. Which, wait, so here would be my counter to that, because there's for sure part of that in there, right? There just is. Like it's my list, and I understand. Clearly, you had Jimmy Rollins out of Mike Schmidt. Yeah, exactly. But but I will say though, I like I just do think that there's part of when you talk about a goat, like there's just off the field impact of like what that person meant to you. I don't know. Just I think that matters somewhat when making your own list. Man, obviously uh, you disagree. Uh, I uh, now I understand. <laughs> Elliot, now I understand. Was happening right there. <laughs> well, I mean, Rob, Rob, like 
I get your argument for AI. I don't, I'm not high, but I at least understand what you're trying to say. Like, Rollins over Schmidt is just asinine. Like, that's just a stupid thing. Nab like, over Schmidt just, is asinine. Yeah. That's, I mean, uh, Jimmy, I mean, that's just dumb. Like, they're the same sport. You can actually quantify who was a better player. Schmidt was here longer. Schmidt was a better player. He's a Hall of Famer. Like, his numbers retired. Like, I don't, I, it just seems silly to put Rollins in front of him. I hear you, and I respect your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that explains why you had McNabb at two in your overall Eagles list, because I couldn't figure that one out. Uh, uh, yeah, that was uh, Brian Dawkins, number three. Seth Joyner, number four. Harold Car Carmichael, five. Mike Quick, six. Jerome Brown, Carmichael seven. Carmichael there, but he was way before your time. Uh, this is more of a, a less biased list, I guess. How, way to put how it. in the world... Is Zach Ertz on this list, and Troy Vincent is not? How in because the Zach world? Because Zach Ertz is a better Eagle than Troy Vincent. Yeah, Zach Ertz is going to the Hall of Fame. Like we all realized of winning touchdown the Super Bowl. I mean, I, I mean, whatever. I would argue that Nick Foles is the best Eagle of the last decade, for the simple reason that he was a Super Bowl MVP, brought us there, won the biggest games, like. So, like, I would definitely take Ertz over Vincent. Well, well when, so when James called me, to, I did a hit with uh, DeCamera and Richie, and he said what they were talking about. And, you know, they said, who's the best eagle of the last decade? And at first I was like, man, that's a really good question. Then I thought about it. I don't even think it's close. Like, I think Zach Ertz is far and away the best eagle of the last two years. I'm, I'm 10 years. Amazingly consistent. Uh, caught the game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl. Has been the team's best offensive player since he got here overall, I would say, with how many people have come in and out. Um, set the record for catches in a season by tight end. By the end of the year, assuming there's football, he'll be the franchise's all-time leading uh, and all-time leader in receptions. Like he's going to the Hall of Fame. I mean, you can't really say that for who was it? Troy Vincent's not going to the Hall of Fame. Like, so why 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 not put him over Jerome Brown then? Because well, Jerome Brown's a bit of extenuating circumstance, obviously, because he tragically passed away when when he was know, only 27. That. I'm just saying, you know, I I. I, I Jerome Brown was a better at his position, and I think had he played, I mean, he only played what five or six years here. Like yeah. had he been here for eleven or twelve years, and also like his stats. I mean, look, like Reggie was amazing and would have been dominant on any team, but the fact that Jerome Brown was there obviously helped him. So I think that Jerome Brown deserves like some of that credit. Uh, I just think I don't care where you put him. Troy Vincent belongs on this list somewhere. You know, if you want to move Jason Peters down and say, oh, Jason Peters nine, and then. I, you gotta come on, man. I would have, take Peters over Vincent too. Man, uh, Westbrook and Kelsey at the end there. As, I as tied dual it tens. I kind of copped out. I, I mean, I don't know. So I debated for a long time with nine with uh, Peters, Westbrook, and Kelsey. To which of those two would you have picked? I ended up picking all three and copping out, but it was just so hard to decide out of those three. I would have I would have put Kelsey over Westbrook. Honestly, I know that's absurd, but that, I mean, if, if if you had to decide on a, on a ten there, I that's not absurd at all. Yeah, I, I think Kelsey over Westbrook's a really fair argument. I mean, Kelsey's a three time All Pro. I mean, Kel Jason Kelsey might be in the Hall of Fame someday. Like he's. Yeah trending that way like if he could do it for a few more years and keeps playing like jason kelsey could be a hall of famer and and he's got a ring and the super bowl speech i just feel like that matters i mean you talk about i don't know talk about the history <laughs> of the franchise yeah like it matters yeah uh, i uh is uh james do you have any that you feel are really not i mean like nick Foles is not on this list that seems like it should well, be right you up know your alley. That i think that's agreed just read me his list again one more time uh, sure we've got uh from 10 to 1 uh kelsey westbrook uh, as tied up uh, jason peters zach Ertz, jerome brown mike quick harold carmichael seth joiner 
Brian Dawkins, Donovan McNabb, Reggie White. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm obviously going to have Foles on the list. I definitely would have Malcolm Jenkins on that list. I mean, yeah. I might put I might put Malcolm over Westbrook. Um, well, so so let me say this. So who would you take off? Because I agree. I just that I, said I might put Malcolm over Westbrook. Oh, that's, <laughs> right, that's one. Uh, also, who else was the seven, eight, seven, eight, seven, six? There were a couple names in there that I was uh, Jerome, I thought were a little high. Jerome Brown at seven. Mike Quick at six. Yeah, Harold Cameron at five. Jerome Brown down. Mike Quick. I, I mean, Mike Quick's not in my top ten for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he was a great player. Don't get me wrong. But, like, Mike Quick for me is not in my top ten. Um yeah. But I look. I think. I think there's like again. I think it gets a little tougher to to be. You know, it's you're a little subjective on the back end yeah. of these lists. I mean, Reggie Reggie should be number one. I think Foles absolutely has to be on the list. He's the only Super Bowl MVP in the history of the franchise. Um, but other than that, like that, I don't. I'm sure I'm missing a glaring. Oh, Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox should be on the list um, for yeah. sure. I would put Fletcher Cox over Westbrook <laughs> for sure. Fletcher Cox could be all famer too. He's that kind of talent. No, I don't. I Westbrook. I, I don't know. Can I ask you this? Is this is this recency bias, or were the Eagles just that real dog shit that we don't? Because I wasn't around in the seventies. I didn't. I didn't go through any of that. (laughs) You know, like how is it that every great all time Eagle somehow ends up in the last twenty years? Most of this is, you know, it's only fifty years we're talking about, and they were pretty bad for a while there at times, like in the seventies and eighties. So. because it's the last fifty years, right? No, it's still that's that's still shocking to me. Even that it's fifty years, it's like a lot of these guys are playing now or or just retired. They were like they were like horrendous before Vermeil came. Like they were yeah. a joke of the franchise for a while there before Vermeil came, um, and then Vermeil turned it around. Then they had some more down years, and then Buddy, and then the down years after that. I mean, they've had the most success in the history of the franchise. Sustained success was the Andy Reid years, and then obviously the Peterson stuff he's been doing. So like. That's those are the best teams they ever had. I mean, I know they you know won the titles in sixty and forty nine, yeah. forty seven and forty eight or forty eight and forty nine. Um, but in terms of sustained excellence, I mean, those are the best. That's the best era of football they've had. Papali- what I thought was interesting when I made the list was like I came up with, and I should have had Malcolm I, in retrospect. But like I Brandon Graham, with- Brandon Graham should be at least considered for the list yeah, too. I think that's what I was gonna say. I came up with twenty five players. Where if you put them in your top ten, I might not completely agree, but I wouldn't argue with you about it. Like my just missed the cut. Brandon Graham, Nick Foles, LaShawn McCoy, Deshaun Jackson, Wilbur Montgomery, Trey Thomas, Clyde Simmons, Fletcher Cox, Bill Berge, Trent Cole, Eric Allen, Troy Vincent, Randall Cunningham. Yeah, Bill Berge, I forgot about Berge. Berge's yeah. probably a top ten yeah. guy. I think you make an argument for any of those guys being in the top ten. Yeah, uh, yeah, cutting it down to tennis is incredibly hard, but um, one thing is for sure, Elliot's is bad. <laughs> well, that, you can apply that to any real list, I guess. No, yeah. I'm just playing, man. Uh, uh, yeah, so, uh, uh, oh, real quick before before we wrap up, because there is, uh, I, I haven't read in depth on, uh, on any of training camp reopening, and there's a, a lot of different rules on what they can and can't do. Elliot, do you have a sense of what's going on and when – you know, everything's cool and good to go and what the Eagles can do here? It's going to be wild. It's going to be <laughs> super crazy. I mean, reading it, it sounds like, and, you know, this is probably the smart way to go about it. The NFL is going above and beyond. Uh, 
The players are going to have to practice social distancing the whole time they're in there. They're going to have to wear masks inside the Novacare, I should say. Um, they're going to have to wear masks. Meetings are encouraged to be virtual. If they hold a team meeting, they're going to have to do it outside while social distancing, while wearing a mask. Um, everyone in the building is being designated tier one, two, and three. Uh, tier one is basically just the players and the people that have to physically touch them in addition to, I think, like the higher end coaches. Tier two is ownership and GM. And tier three is like everyone else that works in there. If you're tier three, you're not even allowed to be in the same room as a tier one person. Oh, wow. Like you cannot come in contact with them. Um, the cafeteria at the Novacare, no buffet style. Every meal has to be individually wrapped. Players aren't allowed to <laughs> share water bottles. They're not allowed to share shirts. They're not allowed to share towels. Every time a player walks in the building, they have to get everything on them, essentially like scrub down phone, keys, uh, personal items. It seems like they're going to be tested every day. I thought that was a little less clear in the way they phrased it, but it does seem like they'll be tested every day. The Eagles have to have two week supply of masks and gloves at all times. They have to wow. have an emergency plan if there's a breakout. Like the NFL is going full out on this, which is good. Like we want these players to be safe. That's the best way to do it. But it's going to be wild. It's going to be intense. Is there uh, like penalties in place for this? If they, like this hit. Affect draft picks or, or money or anything like that if they somebody screws up? It didn't mention that. Um, it does say the NFL can do checks at any point, like out of the blue. So I'd imagine there will be some some penalties, and I'm sure they'll be very severe considering you know the, the stakes here and what's going on. The other thing, I can't believe I didn't mention this, the lockers all have to be six feet apart. So <laughs> if you've you know, if you've if you're listening and you've toured the Novacare, you've seen the locker room at Lincoln Financial Field. I mean, they're not six feet apart. Like the locker rooms are extremely packed. So I don't know how they're going to manage that. I was wondering if maybe they'll do like the offense's locker room is at the Novacare and the defenses is at the link or something like oh, that. Maybe. But God, that would be it, a fucking pain. Unless in the they're going to rebuild Novacare yeah. and maybe like make the auditorium a locker room. I, I don't know, but it's uh, it's going to be crazy. Also, there's like. This is not as important, but in terms of the media, they, it looks like they might do like a pool reporter every day and like in me, the media access. I would be surprised if I was face to face with a player all year or at least, you know, definitely not within like 20 feet of one. Um, so it's just it's going to be a very different season. But as long as there's football, that's like, you know, I want everybody to be safe. But if they can play yeah. football safely, uh, you know, it's just it'll be nice to have football back. Oh, I'd love to talk to you about that on the next pod and see how you feel about all that stuff. And uh James, uh, do you think they'll just uh, take out the uh, bye bye uh, all the the bubble hockey? Right, they got to get. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> the, I, first the one thing, thing that Elliot mentioned that I hadn't even thought of because you think about kind of how all this could work and social distancing, and we're yeah. all experts in that now, and we know exactly what's doing how to do it. But um, I hadn't thought about the water bottle thing. You know, when they're out on the field, like yeah. they get water all the time, right? I mean, you're gonna have to like. I guess have throwaway cups, I would think, or whatever, but they're not gonna be able to have the guy who goes out and sprays water in their mouth and all that. Like yeah. it's just like, and that's just a, a little thing, but it makes you think about how many of those things there are that it piles up. That it's really a, and that yet these guys are gonna be like banging into each other out on the field and all that. So I don't know, you know, it's <laughs> it's really uh, it's hard to make sense of. Can't they just like shoot off a fire hose and just you know like it's on and then you know shoot it up in the air and just like whatever you catch in your mouth, that's what you catch. What I'm, interested, what I'm interested in seeing is I think that the NFL is going to start at like maximum security when it comes to this. But I wonder because, look, things have changed very quickly. Like if we come to October or November, or I should say changed all the time, not changed quickly. So things <laughs> change all the time. Like 
if we get to November and October, like maybe they'll kind of loosen up a little. But part of me thinks if the NFL starts with these rules and th- this protocol and it's working and it's going fine and, you know, players hopefully aren't getting sick, I would imagine they'll just stick with it throughout the season, even if in everyday life we're seeing things kind of uh, take a step back from the social distancing. But if the NFL starts it and it's working, maybe they just say, look, we have the system in place. Teams have adjusted. Let's just finish this out so we know we'll be okay rather than back off and then next thing you know, they have to stop playing. Yeah, yeah. I uh, Man, that's going to be it's a really big time adjustment for everybody. I mean, duh. But uh, just it's kind of coming into reality and you're like, oh, man, how is this crap going to work out? So obviously plenty to talk about as that. Uh, rolls along and we get more news. But, man, I got to tell you guys before we leave, freaking A-plus social club. Way to bounce back. I had faith in you. The label was too pretty not to be this this terrible. Uh, yeah, A-plus to the uh, to the sidecar hard seltzer. And uh, a phenomenal job by our folks over at Boom. Polar for the Mango Limeade. This is a two for two. I think it's the first time it's happened, James. Let's go. All pretty right. exciting. This is pretty exciting. Pretty exciting night. Uh, so This moment. <laughs> hope you guys are doing well. I uh, love that you're reaching out, 267-245-6066. We will get back heavily into the text line. And, of course, uh, thank you so much for listening, as you always do. And uh, stay safe out there. Be smart. Keep talking. And uh, we'll be right here for you. Right here, Radio.com, Sports Radio 94 at WIP. For James Seltzer, John Barchard, that's me, and Alan Shore Parks. James! Black Lives Matter. <laughs>